This is Winning with Wellness, a podcast about inspiring the wellness warrior in you. If you are feeling lost or alone in your wellness journey, or are looking for new ideas and inspiration, you are in the right place. A place you can learn about all things wellness in business, life, and living. Your host, Jenny Rice, will be bringing you inspiring stories and practical tools to improve your overall wellness, personally and professionally. Imagine what living a life of wellness would be like. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, everyone. I'm back with Becca McLean for another episode of Winning with Wellness. Last episode that we were on together, she tapped into about the journey about her son. Today, we're going to talk about what it's like to be a parent with a child with mental illness and what stigma may or may not come from that. Becca, thanks again for being on the show. Oh, my pleasure. I uh, really want to just share a little bit about you with the audience and then we'll get into it. How does that sound? Sounds great. So Becca is the mother of four amazing humans and is an adventure-loving storyteller. Her partner, Quinn, matches her lust for life. Becca loves trying new things, anything from dirt bike riding to wakeboarding to painting with her kids. Her creative endeavor takes her all over. One of her favorite places to go is Burning Man. When she is in work mode, she owns and operates Diva Design, who is the powerhouse behind our amazing website at Your Holistic Earth. You can also find her writing about her life on her blog, thehappyhomerecord.com. She is currently writing her book, A Survival Guide to Crazy Town, chronicling lessons learned as she went from life, life's coma to crazy, sexy, happy. Welcome, Becca. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, okay. So we're going to just kind of jump right in. Hope that people have already listened to the other episode. I'm just going to pull up and let everybody know what episode that number was. That would have been episode 60. So as we move through this episode, if you guys are curious, tap back into episode 60 where Becca joined us and, and spoke more in reference to her son. So let's talk about it. There's stigma around having a kid with mental health. What does that mean for you as a parent? Well, um, I, from the very beginning of, you know, being a parent and being out and doing the parenting things, it became really clear to me that parenting is a competitive sport mm -hmm. and you know, a lot of people, um, really take that on as a part of, uh, I am a mom mm -hmm. and that is who I am. And, uh, kind of to the detriment to actual parenting, in my opinion. And in this case, um, yeah, people feel like they want to keep that hush-hush, that their kids are all those perfect faces on Facebook, uh, and not people who are actually humans suffering from the human condition, which, you know, they are. So coming from, from, and I love and appreciate your authenticity and your willingness to share because it is vulnerable. You are opening yourself up for perceived criticism, et cetera, et cetera. And I appreciate you want to rip the bandaid off and let people know that it's okay to share that story. Why are you moved to, to share this story? mostly because of how um, alone I felt during the process. Even though I did have support from my partner and my folks, um, when you're there in the middle of the night sitting in the ER, man, it's a lonely time. And um, 
there's not a lot to, uh, like I'm sitting on my phone trying to research things, trying to look up examples, trying to look for help. And I didn't find a lot of support for parents, um, in that position. I didn't find a lot of stories where people were like sharing, this is my experience with having a child with mental illness. And, um, yeah. Did you find, um, and I'm sure, you know, mental illness is a progression, obviously, you know, it's not something that light switch clicks and all of a sudden it's gone. So I, you know, depending on what people listen to this episode, I'm sure it's something you're still addressing in your home. Did you, did did you find you experienced judgment from others due to your child's illness? Yes. Um, obviously, because all people can see is, was Thomas's behavior. Right. And um, not having a full understanding of what's happening mm-hmm. behind the scenes. So, yeah, definitely judgment from other parents or teacher or what have you. Um because, like, for example, Thomas dropped out of high school. Right. Were there judgments around that? Oh, yes. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and, uh, but unfortunately, Thomas had to do the best thing for him. And you can't force a 17-year-old to do anything. <laughs> so if I he's love deciding, that you hear that. <laughs> <laughs> if, if his choice is dropping out of high school doesn't matter how many times I present that other path to him he is going to go the one he wants to go down Mm -hmm. and um, I have to figure out the best way that I could support him as a parent and support him through his struggle with you know again his mental illness and and his choices right so when you think about yourself being under judgment due to, again, we forget as human beings when we're on the outside looking in, it's so easy to be, you know, couch quarterbacks is a great term. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to, well, if that was my kid, I'd be forcing that kid to go to school or they'd be eating those vegetables. <laughs> uh, yeah. Those kind of yeah. things, right? Totally. So, you know, it's, it's easy for, for the couch coach, couch parent, couch, whoever to have uh, an opinion until they walk in the shoes and you make a really valid point. You can't force people to change. And if they are suffering from some type of illness, it might be a really hard journey for them to change regardless. Exactly. So when you think about what that means as, as a mom per se, you know, again, you could be a care provider, you could be a friend, you could be an aunt, an uncle. How do you, or did you cope with the negative feedback from others? How did you learn to rise above, move through, et cetera, et cetera? Well, I think, um, by just letting letting go of those things you know the the people closest to me um yeah uh so for example my dad had a really hard time with uh my my son dropping out he was like exactly get it just make him go to school (laughs) (laughs) um so having to explain it to him and eventually have him come around. Uh, the people I are clo- um, that I'm closest to, I'm able to have those conversations with. Mm-hmm. The people who are at, I don't know, 
friends of friends or, you know, right. school parents. Arms length, um, what we say. Honestly, who cares what they think? <laughs> yeah, but is- I bet you it took a bit to get to that point. I'm going to guess, yeah. right? Because I'm sure when this first flared up, that was one oh. Probably a beacon in the night, I would it's think. Painful. It's painful. It's painful. It's embarrassing. Yeah. You're like, oh gosh. Yeah. Um, but if I got hung up on what everyone was thinking, I wouldn't have made it uh, very far. That's for sure. And um, and really, I'm so focused on Thomas. Mm-hmm. It's e- easy to turn away from the ridiculous negative energy because I've I've got I've got bigger fish to fry. Right. You know, like, yeah. Well, and I, I appreciate you shed light on that. So, you know, we're going to have people listening right now that are at the beginning of your journey and feeling shame and feeling, you know, comfortable. Yeah. Right. And there's a light switch moment. I think that you legit are like, I don't give a rip what these people think, because the only thing that matters is the health and wellness of myself, my family, whoever you're supporting. Exactly. Did you find that very freeing in that moment? Uh, yes. Um, and I was lucky that it happened fairly early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Thomas was having outbursts in elementary school and things like that. Um, yeah, I could focus on Thomas and let the other stuff fall away. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, there is a term you get a thicker skin, right? You know. Yes. When you go to battle, you had to put your armor on and you'd shared in episode 60 that really being an advocate for your son was something that really put strength behind your mission to, to help him. Oh, totally. You know, um, I would love for you. I know I would, you, the background of this is hospital visit number, whichever, and <laughs> you're sent on your merry little way to pick up, you know, you, you got to pick your son up and the you're not there that what we've just discovered through your journey and your sharing is you've got to find your own resources because even the people with the resources don't have the resources does that make yes. sense yep um you have to educate yourself you have to um put your foot down mm-hmm. because they're just going to send you home mm-hmm. they are you know nurses and doctors who are just trying to you know, get everybody through the system yeah. and, um, people falling through the cracks of mental health system. Oh <laughs> yeah. There's a reason we're littered with homeless people. Yeah. Um, people just are falling through the cracks because there's nobody to catch them. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. You go into the ER, have a consultation and get set home. And I, we had that happen so many times. It was ridiculous until I finally said enough, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, yeah, threatened to chain myself to the doors of the ER. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not leaving here until we have real help, not, you know, just sending us home with a sheet of paper saying 10 deep breaths, we need help. And, uh, luckily I was obnoxious enough that we got it. But there comes a point where we need to stand, you need to stand your ground. And again, you know, this is not, and and you and I've talked about this off air, so I want to share this. This is not against the medical system. Those those people are, you know, you and I, we talked about 
the people that show up on the scene. We've talked about the people, you know, all at all stages through this event. They're just surviving in their experience with understaffed, under-resourced, all those kind of things. And they're living their own existence. We don't know what's going on in their lives as well. And I don't really feel that there's a very um, that there's a very good process for mental health. You know, as you say, they're coming in, they're doing their job. It's a survival sort of let's get everybody through this um, moment, this mm-hmm. moment, yes. but not through um, the entire experience mm-hmm. of mental health. Like where they're taking a moment by moment where. I'm looking at it like this is his life. Yes. And it's, you know, um, right now it's, you know, here's some medication and move along where it's so much bigger than that. And all the pieces. And I think that's where, when you said you had to educate yourself and become your own advocate for this journey, the more action is power. So anybody that's listening right now that my mom uh, passed away from frontal lobe dementia, I, I literally had to advocate because nobody would take her rights away. And I literally had to say to the doctor, if my mother disappears in another country, because you wouldn't allow me to take away her passport, I'm coming after you. Yeah. Like, because my mom was an avid traveler. So she, her mind was ripe enough that she could book flights get on planes and trains and automobiles, but she couldn't feed herself properly, et cetera. She was a victim waiting to happen. And again, this doctor is fearful of taking away her rights because what if she can actually do the things? And I'm like, I'm here to tell you. And I've never, I'm not a nasty character, those of you that know me, but I'll tell (laughs) you, mama bear came out for mom and it was like, this is not happening. And finally we were able to go to court and um, take custody over her person. Um, thankfully. Uh, Cause I mean, literally her trip before that, she, she got into a, she was in India and got into a taxi cab with somebody and paid the money to tour her around. So there was no, no tracking. So mental illness comes in all different shapes and forms. And I know, you know, Becca, we're talking about um, youth in this case and as a mother. But what's really powerful about your story is you've got to take a stand. You have to, as as tired as you may be, as exhausted as you may be, action and education are the probably the most powerful tools you can do. Would you agree with that? I agree. Totally. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just one of these things that... Um, really escalates this whole um we are blessed with the ability to learn yes um and and because you know you had again the unique perspective of you know being in the trenches with your mom i'm in the trenches with thomas i'm seeing the day to day i'm educating myself on his very particular symptoms and traumas and things like that so I have to be the best advocate for him you know um we're dealing with another you know ER visit uh the the psych person comes on and he's telling me it's behavioral problems right now I was furious and um yeah luckily I start having a conversation with him about trauma-based uh, mental health issues, 
and I'm citing a book, uh, The Body Keeps Score, excellent book, um, by written by a doctor talking about these trauma things, and I'm able to talk to him in such a way that I completely argue against his point. Amazing. And because of that, he was just kind of like, took the wind out of his sails. He, you know, had to concede that I had made the, the argument for my son that it was not behavioral problems. It was indeed trauma-based. And because of that, we were able to move forward that night. But it was honestly so many ridiculous stories like that where, again, advocating mm-hmm. and being knowledgeable, so critical for that whole process. Um, I talked about it um, at the book launch. There was a young boy, uh, Thomas's age, again, another middle of the night ER visit. We're like bright lights in the hallway. I'm watching this boy. I hear the nurses. Nobody came in with him. The police escorted him in. He's in there for mental health problems. Um, Nobody called about him. Nobody asked about him. And the next morning he was discharged on his own. No help was given to that young man. And that is the danger of not having a parental advocate or just a guardian advocate for a young person in the mental health industry because there was no help. He probably got nothing. And went back into the system and cycle of of the routine. Until eventually it's just jail. And it's like, is that how we're going to deal with mental health? Just incarcerate people? I don't know. I hope not. I hope Me. not. So when we think about, as we finish up our time together, when we think about, I would love for you to share what are some of the positive things that you have learned because of this journey? Uh, well, I definitely think it's a positive um, that, you know, yeah, I, I've got the mama bear. and. <laughs> Given, you know, uh, pushed, I'm there. I'm, you know, standing my ground and, and making uh, a difference in the people's lives that I love. That is a huge positive for me. Um, it's a huge positive. Um, Thomas and I have been through this holding hands together. Mm. Love that. That's, um, yeah. That's powerful. It's honestly, it has changed our relationship in such a hugely positive way. He sees my standing up for him as, you know, an expression of love, which it totally is. Um, And because of that, he feels less abandoned Mm -hmm. in his life. And that, gosh, I'd do it all over again harder just to have that. That's a huge win. It is. It's a huge win. Thank you, Becca, so much for being on the show again and sharing your wisdom and experience. You know, for those of you that are listening that might be walking a similar path, know that by Becca's example, you're not alone. I've shared a small snippet of my my story in here today. It was unintended. It just happened to fit the moment. We are all experiencing mental illness in some way in our in our families, in our workplace, and in our home. And together, if we can all champion for each other, we can make change. 
Those of you who are looking to connect with Becca, do not hesitate to find her on your holistic earth directory. She's there. She is again, the one who created it. So, <laughs> so you can find her there. We'll make sure her contact information is in the chat. But above all else, if you're looking to share your business story, Becca is incredible at getting your message across through your marketing because her your brand should never be a question. And Becca is exceptional at getting that across. Thank you so much, Becca, for being on the show and being here and just being so vulnerable and raw. It's not an easy topic. And thank you for helping to normalize it, shall we say. For those of you that are listening to this amazing episode of Winning Wellness, thank you. Know you're not alone as well. We invite you to join us at Your Holistic Earth and, and get inspired by the community that surrounds it. There are many like-minded people just like you. Thanks again for listening and look forward to catching you on another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Winning with Wellness. If something you heard today sparked your interest or fired up your curiosity, please head over to Apple Podcasts now. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Your review helps us ignite the wellness warriors in others. Your community is waiting for you. Don't forget to activate your free wellness membership to your holistic earth. You'll find the link in the show notes. It is never too late to redefine your wellness and you don't have to do it alone. One small action can lead to life-changing results. I know because it did for me. And from my heart to yours, thank you for sharing your most valuable asset with me, you. You.